0: I'm Joel Parker.
1: And I'm Susan Moran. This is How on Earth, the show that makes you smarter. Today is Tuesday, March 8th, 2016.
0: Coming up, we'll discuss the latest research into the power of the mind with Joe Marchant, a geneticist and author of the new book called Cured, a journey into the science of mind over body.
2: Basically, whatever you spend your time thinking about, whatever state of mind you're in all day, every day, that is shaping your brain. And if you are stressed and anxious all the time, every day, over time, that will shape your brain.
1: And before we plunge into that fascinating book, which can be yours, by the way, we have a couple of science headlines and calendar items
0: on the local science calendar. Fisk Planetarium on the CU Boulder campus has several shows coming up this week. On Thursday, March 10th at 7 p.m., they present Colorado Skies, which takes you on a journey through our night sky here in Colorado and then presents a special topic titled Stars for Hunters, Farmers, and Emperors. Then on Saturday, March 12th, There are two shows. The first at 2.30 is a talk by CU Boulder scientist Dr. James Green about the Cosmic Origins Spectrograph Instrument on the Hubble Space Telescope. Then at 9 p.m. on Saturday is the show Black Holes, The Other Side of Infinity. And finally on Sunday, March 13th, are two more shows. The first, at noon, is a pair of shows about telescopes and the story of Perseus and Andromeda. Then at 4.30 on Sunday is the show Solar Superstorms, which takes you on a journey to explore one of the most powerful solar eruptions to hit the Earth in recorded history. There is a charge for these events, and for more information, you can visit Fisk Planetarium's webpage at fisk.colorado.edu.
1: Also on the science calendar this week, I bet you've never, or maybe rarely, heard of a lecture about seaweed. Seaweed. Well, here's your chance to learn all about it and how this important marine flora plays a hugely important role in providing food and shelter for marine critters, food for humans, and benefits for the planet itself. Dr. Kathy Ann Miller, Senior Museum Scientist at the University of California, Berkeley, is considered to be one of the world's foremost authorities on seaweed. Tonight at 7, she'll give a slideshow talk called Secrets of the Deep glorious seaweed, along with a showing of an underwater film of colorful seaweeds, all at the Dairy Center's Gordon Gamm Theater in Boulder. The lecture will follow the Colorado Ocean Coalition's monthly blue drinks gathering at the dairy's main lobby. That starts at 5.30. Special drinks, of course, with beautiful seaweed, will be served up at the bar. Rubio's Coastal Grill will provide light snacks during the blue drinks, and come early enough to view the multi-sensory exhibit at the dairy, called Hold Fast, Seaweeds in a Time of Oceanic Change. That's by artist Jill Powers. For more info about the event, go to Dairy Center's events calendar or to www.coloradoocean.org. are listening to How on Earth, the KGNU Science Show. I'm Susan Moran. So along with Joel Parker and I, we also have in the studio another member of the How on Earth team, Beth Bennett. Beth, welcome. Thank you. I wouldn't miss this
3: opportunity to come in and celebrate the show and remind our listeners of just how much smarter you can get by listening to us. In fact, I've gotten smarter since I joined the team a couple of years ago. And she was already pretty smart. She's got a PhD in biology, right? right. In genetics, actually. And,
0: Joel, in astronomy. Yes, uh, I do have a Ph.D. in astronomy. I think all our listeners probably have Ph.D.'s in how on Earth. (laughs) Listening to this show, it makes you smarter, and you learn all sorts of things. We have had Nobel laureates on the show. We've talked about climate change and astronomy and physics and genetics and everything else. Uh, This is really everything on Earth and How on Earth It All Works. And if you like the show, you can support this How on Earth show to keep this science coming. Dial 303-449-4885 or online at KGNU.org and make your pledge and become part of the How on Earth family.
3: Please call us today to meet this challenge. We have that $500 challenge to support our show. That is to support the infrastructure that lets us broadcast that show. So call us at 449-4885 or online at kgnu.org. We have a couple great books to be giving away today. One, you'll hear Joe Marchant talking about power of mind over body and also the story of sex in the sea, a really titillating topic that you can get for your pledge today.
0: So that book called uh, Sex in the Sea also called Our Intimate Connection with Sex-Changing Fish, Romantic Lobsters, Kinky Squid, and Other Salty Erotica of the Deep by uh, someone that Susan interviewed. In fact, the author, Dr. Mara Hart, a coral reef ecologist on our show. You can hear that interview by going to the How on Earth archives, or you can make a pledge and get the book yourself for your own library library. For $40 or more, you can get Sex in the Sea. That's a pretty good deal. (laughs) (laughs) All you want to know about sex underwater? 303-449-4885. Learn all about that and more. We have also that book called Cure. Cure. A Journey into the Science of Mind Over Body. It's by geneticist and science writer Joe Marchant, and it's yours for a pledge of $60 or more. So call during the show, 303-449-4885. Not only can you get these excellent premia, I think that's the plural of premiums. (laughs) I think so. Or premiums is the plural, I guess. (laughs) But you can also support the show. And we have some interesting features for this day's show. That's
1: right. So you mentioned um, the book Cure, a journey into the science of mind over body. So I had an interview recently with the interview Joe Marchand. And by the way, we'll play it in full uh, next week. But it's a really fascinating sweeping journey, as she calls it, into this sort of false dichotomy between conventional Western medicine and so-called alternative or non-conventional Western medicine and therapies. And Dr. Marchant, she kind of seems to be on a mission to show what's often this missing piece of the mind-body puzzle that both camps, the so-called pro-Western and the pro-alternative, often overlook. So I started by asking her to share some of the recent findings in medical science, what's being discovered about our brains, and here's a snippet. I think we can see much more now what's happening
2: inside the brain, particularly with new techniques in in neuroscience. So brain scanning studies have been really important in the last few years. In a range of fields, everything from placebo effects, where um, studies are showing that if you respond to a fake medicine, a placebo, that can trigger uh, measurable biological effects in the brain that are very similar to the effects caused by drugs. And that has been a big revolution in placebo research, showing that it's not just all in mind when you respond to placebo, it's a real effect, Um, right through to studies of meditation, mindfulness, where researchers are finding that training in mindfulness meditation creates physical changes in the structure of the brain, um, which are reversing the changes that are caused by chronic stress, for example. So I think that's one area where the new technology is really giving us an insight and allowing scientists to take this field much more seriously than perhaps they have done in the past.
1: And let's jump into the placebo effect. It's fascinating. You give a lot of space, a lot of real estate in the book to that, starting with way back in, what was it, 1954, this Lancet article that stated that placebos offer, quote, comfort to unintelligent or inadequate patients. So what would that Lancet article and those researchers say today? Have we come along much since then? I
2: I hope so. Um, There are still real doubters and skeptics. You you can read blog posts today saying that the placebo effect doesn't exist. It's just a myth. Or my my favorite description is the beer goggles of medicine. Um, So it's this traditional idea that if you respond to a fake medicine then that's an illusion right it can't be true so it's either people who would have got better anyway because a lot of people do get better with time regardless of what medicine they receive or maybe people just think they feel better when really nothing has physically changed and those things can and do happen but what the neuroscience is showing us is that there are these biological changes that are also occurring so for example. When people respond to a fake painkiller, there's a measurable release of endorphins in the brain. These are natural pain-relieving chemicals. And in fact, they're the chemicals that opioid drugs like morphine and heroin are designed to mimic. They bind to the same receptors in the brain that endorphin does. So if you respond to a placebo painkiller, you feel that you're in less pain. That's not something that you've imagined. You haven't just changed your perception of the pain. There's a biological change there, just as you would have experienced if you'd taken a, a real drug. Or in Parkinson's disease, for example, that condition is caused by a lack of dopamine in the brain. And when patients with Parkinson's disease respond to placebo, they get a release of dopamine, just as they would if they took the real drug. Even with altitude sickness, people can breathe fake oxygen, and you see a reduction in prostaglandins. These are chemicals that are responsible for many of the symptoms of altitude sickness. So there are many different mechanisms of placebo effects, um, but they are biological pathways, um,
1: just, like, just like the ones that, are, that drugs work through. That was Joe Marchant, author of the new book, Cure, A Journey into the Science of Mind Over Body. And we'll play another clip or two later. But it's interesting that she shows there's so much to the so-called placebo effect, including how patients with Parkinson's, for instance, can get some release of dopamine that they would if they, the same, if they if they had taken the real drug. So just think, placebo effect or other, this show is changing your biology, your brain. And yes, you can create new neural circuitry, as she says, by saying yes, over and over. Yes to KGNU, Yes to the show. Yes to getting smarter, even smarter. So pledge now for $60 or more. This book can be yours, 303-449-4885.
0: And if you just tuned in, you are listening to KGNU at 88.5 FM, 1390 AM, everywhere in the world at KGNU.org. And this is How on Earth, the show that makes you brilliant, where you get to hear science, local science, world science about new discoveries. We heard about gravitational waves. We've heard about many things. And my personal favorite thing about How on Earth is how it's wedged in between Jim Hightower In Alan Watts. You go from the politics to the science to the philosophy, and it all seems to somehow fit sometimes. And no other station I know of can bring you that mix within such a short amount of time. And I think that is really a virtue of KGNU being a community and volunteer-led radio station it is your input it is what you want to hear that we end up putting on the air you can support that in fact you do support it that is how we keep the station running if you call 303-449-4885 and susan i think you have someone to thank here.
1: i want to give a big thanks to daryl and littleton this book is going to be yours thank you so much for your pledge
0: Beth, what is what is your favorite part of How on Earth? And, and what drew you to it in the first place, being a volunteer here?
3: Well, I have to echo your sentiments, Joel, the diversity of the station. But the team that produces and puts out How on Earth is fantastic and a true example of the volunteer effort at the station. None of us, of course, are getting paid. We do this because we love the show. We love science. We love to make you all smarter, make ourselves smarter. So please help us continue by phoning the station at 303 449 4885 or going online at kgnu.org and pledging your support today. It definitely,
0: I, it has made me smarter. I mean, like you said, I know I know astronomy somewhat well, but I have to interview people way outside of my field of expertise, and there is no better way to learn about something than try to figure out what questions to ask about that. And I hope that I'm reflecting the questions that our listeners have listening to these experts. I like to think of it as you're eavesdropping at some science cocktail party (laughs) and hearing people talk about the newest discoveries they have. So... How on earth is your chance to eavesdrop into the stratosphere of science?
1: And I like how uh, it does feel like it's making me smarter, but more than that, it's these ah, these like aha moments in the course of interviewing someone, in the course of preparing for the interviews, in the course of fielding questions from you listeners. It's just curiosity, and let's keep that
0: alive. And I think we have a, another clip from uh, our our featured book,
1: which is what? Cure, A Journey into the Science of Mind Over Body by Joe Marchit. So another thing I was asking her, because I was so fascinated about this placebo effect. There's so many layers of it. So how is it defined, and what are the biological and physiological effects of so-called fake and real drugs. So here's part of that conversation.
2: People tend to think of the placebo effect as this sort of mysterious thing. It's a bit too good to be true, you know, just wishful thinking. But but actually, it's just biology. It's a matter of, of survival. It makes perfect sense, really, that, that our psychological perception should feed into our symptoms in this way.
1: And I know we use, or many people use, the word placebo effect sort of loosely, but technically it is this phenomenon in which people seem to recover after they're given a so-called fake treatment one that's inert right that does not contain active substances so
2: yeah i mean does... it gets used the term placebo effect for different things and that's where some of the confusion comes from because sometimes it's used just to mean in a trial for example in that in the group that get the fake medicine the placebo any improvement seen in that group of people is, is called the placebo effect and of course that does include people who would have got better right um but then other times it's used to mean these specific effects and responses to um to receiving fake medicine that's creating these biological changes that's easing our symptoms so there's different meanings there and to confuse things even further you, you don't only experience placebo responses when you take a placebo you experience them when you take a real drug as well if you take a real painkiller Mm-hmm. You're going to benefit from both the active biochemical effect of that drug, but also from the placebo response, from all the psychological um, effects that that drug is having on you. And then trials are showing that actually that can be very significant. In trials of painkillers, generally between one third to two thirds of the benefit that you get from that drug is not from the drug at all, but from your belief. In that drug, so that points the way towards um, hopefully research where we can work out how to harness these effects, how to maximize these effects you know that, that come alongside the real drugs we take, so you don 't have to go around giving everyone tummy pills, just understanding the, the the factors and the elements of care that trigger placebo responses, and they tend to be things um, like the words that doctors use when they tell us about pills, the appearance of the drugs that we take. Also, the social interaction with the doctor is really important as well.
1: All these are elements in care that ease patient symptoms and in- improve their responses to the drugs that we're taking. It's fascinating. And so if you say a third to two-thirds of the benefit of actual drugs comes from the placebo, the inactive yeah. part. Are, yeah. are drug companies increasingly working this placebo effect, so to speak, into actual drugs? And if so, shouldn't they be cheaper?
2: Most drug companies are very worried about the placebo effect, particularly because in trials of painkillers, for example, placebo responses seem to be getting stronger, and particularly in the in the U.S. And drug companies are now finding it very difficult to get new painkillers through trials because the placebo responses are so strong. There was a study recently showing that... Um, In 2013, I think it was, the last year that they looked at in this trial, they were looking across a 30-year span, um, the the patients in the placebo group got 93% as much pain relief as the ones that got the drugs being tested on average. So you can see how strong these effects can be, and that may be because of drug advertising in the U.S. that's just increasing people's faith in drugs. It may be because trials are getting more expensive and longer and that patients going into those trials are getting a better quality of care for longer. And and one of the researchers said to me that this is perhaps pointing to the value of social interaction as a treatment for pain. Generally, companies have to this is they're trying to identify placebo responders so they can keep them out of trials they want to try and reduce the placebo responses that we're seeing in trials but of course we also want to look at how can we maximize them and use them in medical care
1: that was more from joe marchant on her new book cure a journey into the science of mind over body so we're taking you on a short journey of her book and into how on earth and we want you To call now, 303-449-4885. And we have another book for you. This one takes you into the minds
3: and reproductive organs of fish and other creatures of the sea. This book is called Sex in the Sea Our Intimate Connection with Sex Changing Fish, Romantic Lobsters, Kinky Squid, and Other Salty Erotica of the Deep that you never thought of them as erotica. Susan interviewed the author, Dr. Mara Hart, a coral reef ecologist, last week on the show. You can hear that at the How on Earth radio station archives.
0: And we have a challenge for this show. The goal is to get $500. You can double your power of your your contribution to How on Earth. By contributing now, calling in, making that pledge, renewing your membership, starting a new membership, you will double your dollars, you will double your science. I can see Joel's endorphins are going. That's right. At 303-449-4885, make the science work. And there's a lot about, actually, endorphins and
1: rerouting your neural circuitry. And we want you to do that now by pledging. And we're going to show you or have you listen to another short clip from Joe Marchant about this neural circuitry and how it's a biological and physiological phenomenon.
2: Yeah, that You can just magically cure things like cancer is... There's no evidence for that mm. whatsoever. And also there are, there are clear limits to what the mind can do. It's not going to be able to magic up a chemical that the body needs that it can't produce. You know, if you have diabetes, you can't suddenly produce insulin with your mind. If you have cystic fibrosis, you're not going to magic up that missing lung protein. If the body is overwhelmed by serious infection, injury, um, cancer, that the mind is not going to be able to overcome that. Um, but where the mind can play a big role, um, for example, is in the stress response because, you know, we know that feeling afraid, anxious induces this fight-or-flight response, which has these wide-ranging physiological effects on the body which are useful in an emergency, things like raised um, Blood pressure, heart rate, um, blood gets diverted away from the gut towards the the muscles in the brain. It it triggers a branch of the immune system called inflammation. So all these things are Mm -hmm. important for uh, an emergency, but they are very damaging when switched on long term. And we also know that if you're chronically stressed over a long period of time, that takes its toll on the brain that starts to change the structure of the brain so that areas that are involved in your response to stress, like the amygdala, which is involved in um, sort of your emotional response to fear and threat, gets larger and better connected, and areas like the hippocampus and the prefrontal cortex, which are involved in sort of uh, memory and emotion regulation and sort of rational thinking and planning, they get smaller and more poorly connected. So stress over time actually makes you more sensitive to stress if you see it it's it's, it's destroying the very brain pathways that you would need to be resilient to stress and so what meditation seems to do is to reverse those changes so neuroscientists see the amygdala getting smaller they see the hippocampus and the prefrontal cortex getting larger again Um, and and so it's uh, and it may not be just meditation and then The research is still at quite an early stage. It may be that other things like exercise might have a similar effect. But basically, whatever you spend your time thinking about, whatever state of mind you're in all day, every day, that is shaping your brain. And if you are stressed and anxious all the time, every day, over time, that will shape your brain. If you can use training in something like meditation, to, to, sort of, to stop that and put your attention somewhere else, then that
1: is going to reverse those changes. And that was Jo Marchant from her new book, Cure, A Journey into the Science of Mind Over Body. So much more in that book about how we think and how that shapes our brain. And Beth, I wanted to ask you, because you're a biologist, PhD in fact, does this all make perfect sense to you
3: absolutely we have these big brains that evolved to make sense understand deal with our environment and we have something new in the environment for you today we have this challenge grant we're looking for five hundred dollars you can double your money by calling in now 303-449-4885 to pledge your support for this show 303-449-4885 and
0: we have to thank all the people who've been calling in. It's been great. The phones have been lighting up. We'd like to thank Victoria for pledging and enjoying How on Earth. She says she loves our station, Amy Goodman, all things considered. She, she just loves it, and we love you. Thank you.
1: And I want to thank Susan and Rob, who say, kg and makes a big difference in my life. Relevant, interesting, delightful. And
3: thanks to Conrad, who would like to see the show be even longer. Well, maybe we can do that someday. Big science.
1: Yay. And also, thank you so much to Michelle in Louisville, who says, love the progressive programming, honky-tonk, and she knows what, she just loves it all. And also, thank you so much to Kathy in Boulder. Without KG and you, listening to the
0: radio just won't work. And you are listening to How on Earth, the KGNU Science Show on KGNU, Boulder, Denver, 88.5 FM, 1390 AM, and everywhere around the world at KGNU.org. This may be the end of today's How on Earth show, but it's not the end of science. It's not the end of How on Earth. Continue your pledge. Continue your support so you can hear How on Earth continuing through the airways. Thank you, Susan, and thank you, Beth. That's all for this edition of How on Earth. Our executive producer was yours truly, Joel Parker. This week's show was produced by Susan Morand and was engineered by me. And thanks to Beth Bennett for joining us. Our theme music was written and produced by Josh Cutler. Additional music from David Murray. Visit the website at howonearthradio.org to find past episodes, extended interviews, and you can subscribe to our podcast through iTunes and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Questions or comments, call the KGNU comment line
1: at 303-447-9911. For How on Earth, the KGNU's. Science Show. I'm Susan Moran.
0: And I'm Joel Parker.